Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is January 12th, 2023, on a Thursday coming out to you. Hope you're all doing well, getting by your week. Weekend's almost here. Hopefully, it'll be a great one. That's what I expect. Um, being possible, everything is the way to go these days. So, let's get right into it. I want to, in today's episode, preview the AFC playoffs. Uh, the playoff, AFC playoff matchups that are going to be taking place this weekend. I will also get to the NFC uh, playoffs um, at some point. Uh, so... Yep, we are officially, you know, a few days away from playoff action getting underway. And, you know, as I mentioned previously, several different rematches from the regular season. Um, I think for the first time in a few years or even more, you know, you have like division rival playoff games, right? So you see, obviously, the AFC East and... Uh, the AFC North, I mean, obviously these teams play each other two times in a year and then you get that third game. So uh, it's really very uh, interesting how things have kind of tallied up to this point. Um, and so some of the matchups that are going to be taking the AFC playoffs are very interesting. Uh, although, you know, it is going to be, I think, one of those uh, years the AFC playoffs this early wild card, super cold wild card action, you know, you obviously wish all players were healthy and able to play. Doing um, a couple of big stars that I'll get into in a little bit. But, you know, you've got to obviously, players got to still got to, you know, lace their boots up, their cleats up, get out there and play a, play a, you know, play a game. And um, that's what we're, we're going to see um, with the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Tua uh, has been ruled out of this game, uh, obviously due to the you know, still be concussion protocols. And Miami season really, really got up to a great start, um, and then they hit that wall where they started to face, you know, better competition. The injuries piled up. They obviously got that win at the end of the season against the Jets, but. The Miami Dolphins pretty much kind of limped into the playoffs in terms of the quarterback position with two obviously being in that and obviously the hits he's taken and what he's had, the injury scare he's had a few times now. You know, they made the playoffs. You got to give Mike McDaniel credit. Um, but this Dolphins team is only going to go as far as Tua takes them. And Tua not being available, not being able to play this game, really is a, is a tough blow because you have... Teddy Bridgewater, who has his own injury. And you have Skylar Thompson, who most likely, uh, who I never have imagined getting an opportunity to play a postseason game, will most likely be that person on Sunday um, when the Dolphins take on the Bills. And so, you look at this matchup for the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills that kicks off the, well, not kicks off, but one of the AFC playoff games on the slate this weekend. I mean, look at the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills. They played... Obviously, they did. and they split the regular season, right, with the Dolphins getting that win in, uh, early in Miami, right? Um, that was a game in which the Buffalo Bills obviously had a chance uh, to not play their best, and they had a chance possibly to, you know, drive down the field, get in physical position, but, you know, they weren't able to get out of, out of bounds and in the field goals. So, Miami Dolphins kind of took that one, and then they met. Uh, I think back in week fifth, uh, you know, earlier and uh, maybe two or three, four weeks ago, probably in Buffalo, and that was a snowy game, a winter weather game, uh, and it came down to a, it was a great game. You saw a lot of explosive plays, a lot of uh, great um, you know performances from individual players in that game, and the Buffalo Bills were able to walk away at the end with the victory on field goal. Um, in the last later portion of that game. So, both teams are familiar with each other. Both teams have a lot going for them defensively. You look at their front fours, 
Um, it's really going to be an interesting game in terms of which team can actually run the football effectively and also get those big pass plays. Now, the Bills have been on a mission, obviously, since um, how things kind of transpired in their last playoff, you know, last year's playoffs in the fashion that they lost. And so the Bills are coming to this game being the favorite, no doubt. Um, obviously, they have the better quarterback in this matchup, right? Have better quarterback in this matchup. You got Sean McDermott and this defense has been looking to get back into this moment where they can redeem themselves and go on a long run because they felt like they had a team last year that could have done it. And so there's a lot of play for the Buffalo Bills and uh, they're a team that has been obviously accumulating talent over the years. You have the quarterback, you have the wide receiver and Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, you've got in a couple of performances. So this game is really going to come a couple of things, uh, in my view. I think the Miami Dolphins' only chance of winning this game is their defense creating turnovers. If the Miami Dolphins aren't able to generate any turnovers on defense, they are not going to be able to win this game. You know, uh, now they can give Josh Allen some trouble. They can definitely, you know, take away some of the things that he does well. Uh, but obviously, Josh Allen's mobility in the pocket uh, is really what might be the X factor in this one because, you know, the Miami Dolphins, you look at their defensive backs and their overall coverage. I mean, they played the game, obviously, against Buffalo, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, back in Nickley earlier, that... They have to believe the scheme certain things certain way. And so they may give Josh Allen, you know, a lot to handle. If possibly they can. Um, obviously, the, the key to the offense is, like, get turnovers on defense. And you got to take away Stephon Diggs, right? That That's the most way that you have to force someone else to beat you other than Stephon Diggs. So I think that's a Dolphins chance. If they can find a way to generate turnovers, put the offense on a, on a short field, and they run the football effectively enough, they could give the Buffalo Bills some, some trouble there because Buffalo has not been that solid against the run this year. And so I think that could be something that Miami could lean on. Um, obviously, with Waddle and with Hill, those guys can be used in multi-different ways. And so they could give the Buffalo Bills some trouble early on in this game. Um, as for the Bills side of things, I think their keys to victory really come down to Josh Allen. And they just have to be able to put together solid drives. If they start out hard and they get it scoring early on, they'll be able to win this game. So they're going to need uh, Josh Allen to be that lead quarterback. They're going to need that defense to show something uh, in terms of stopping the deep play action passing game of the Miami Dolphins. And so, I mean... Look at this game. If Tua was playing, I think they would have a better shot of winning. Um, but I think Buffalo is going to be too much for the Miami Dolphins. I think at some point in this game, Buffalo is going to pull away. So I expect it to be close early on, just because it's obviously the first playoff game um, in a while. And sometimes it takes a while for teams to get, get off to a fast start. Um, Dolphins may keep it close early on, but I think at some point the Buffalo Bills, their offense does a lot more damage, um, you know, towards the second half. And I think the Buffalo Bills should end up pulling away and beat the Miami Dolphins and advance to the next round. Now, the night game, uh, a couple of obviously night games, maybe um, playoffs, and let's start with the Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, these two teams met earlier in the regular season, I believe either in week three, week four, something like that. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, won that game uh, pretty convincingly. Now, both teams are obviously in a different situation. You look at the Chargers, uh, they've gotten back some of their key players. They're a little more healthier heading into this matchup than they were previously. Although, you know, Brandon State's decision to play his starters in Denver 
um, you know, was an interesting one, a kind of head-scratching one, but he did it anyways because some players got nicked up. And so uh, the Chargers have had the talent. We've, we've said the same thing about the Chargers for a lot of years. They've always had a decent amount of talent, but it comes down to do they have the coach and the quarterback to get them over. Chargers have their franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. We've seen what Justin Herbert can do, what he's capable of doing. When he has it going, when he he hits his spots, he's hard to stop. And so this game really for the Chargers is about can their defense, you know, can their defense show up? Can Brandon Staley's mark you know, his trademark is defense from the defensive background. Can his defense show up in this game and stop a Jacksonville Jaguars team that has been playing very well? Uh, they've obviously... Jaguars have been one of those stories that, you know, you saw that they had the talent there and they had a coaching change, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson comes in, tailors his offense to Trevor Lawrence. You see a, a huge difference from Trevor Lawrence in terms of his pro- progression this year. And you got Christian Kirk, you got Evan Ingram, you know, you've got a few other players, Travis Etienne. So you look at every way this goes, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Chargers defense, uh, just because of how many weapons that the Jaguars do have, and what Trevor Lawrence is going to do. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is just one of his first playoff games, and so you want to, you're going to get a hopefully we get a great quarterback duel between these these two quarterbacks, these teams, because. The way these both teams are set up, they have a firepower on offense with obviously Mike Williams, Keenan Allen on one side, you know, Craig Kirk and other, you know, Zay Jones and others on the other side. So you have a lot of offensive potential in this game. This could be one of the games that could be a shootout. I think it could be a much, uh, it could be a shootout most likely. I think if both teams really play their best, it could be a shootout. Uh, but for the Chargers, the key to the victories for them really come down to can they generate a good enough defensive pressure with Mac and Bosa, all right, and trying to get after Trevor Lawrence? You know, can their their back end hold up against Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars passing attack? And then the second thing is, can the Chargers play a game that is mistake free? Can they find ways to not beat themselves with penalties and other things? Can they play turnover free football, put Jacksonville in a tough spot early on in this game? You know, and that's what's going to take. And obviously, Staley has been talked about a lot. You know, in the last few years, I think this is his second. I think this is his third season as a head as a head coach. And you know, questions obviously are going to come up. Can he be the one to take them over the top? And so last year, obviously, they came, you know came down to a win and in playoff game against the Raiders. They couldn't get that opportunity. Now they're in the playoffs now. So can he find a way to get over the hump a little bit, get that playoff victory at least? Um, because no doubt, they're the coaches. Look at the teams. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential for like surprises to take place. You know, in terms of coaching. And so Staley, not saying that, you know, he is on the hot seat. But there's a chance that if they don't have success this go around this season, there's a, a great argument to be made that he could be replaced most likely if the, if the Chargers see it and want to get even more better out of their roster, you may see that happen. So there's that. And for the Jaguars, they are a, a young team. Doug Pearson is the, obviously, the head coach who has experience of coaching in the playoffs. Uh, he is definitely going to have, I think, these guys ready to go and play. And for the Jaguars, there are a couple of keys for them to, to win this game. I think one for the Jaguars, they cannot afford to settle in the plus side, in the red zone. I think in Tennessee, obviously, last game of the regular season, they struggled to put the ball in the end zone, you know, a couple of times. And Trevor Lawrence missed a couple of throws. So the key is, can the Jaguars finish in the red zone? You know, if they can finish in the red zone and, and, and you know, not sell for three, they have a better shot to win at home. Then the second key for them is their defense has had a little, a little bit of a resurgence lately you know can they keep that going against Justin Herbert can they find ways to you know 
defensively get a turnover or so? Can they keep the Chargers from scoring, you know, at a high clip? I mean, both teams, both defenses are, you know, young, a little bit healthy, not so healthy in some spots. Um, but for the Jaguars, the key is their pass rush and their back end. You know, can they do something against that Chargers defensive line? Can they find ways to neutralize any type of play action game from Justin Herbert? You know, can they keep him in the pocket and not let him get those big time throws down the field? So it's an interesting game. I mean, it can go either way. Um, look at the Chargers. They weren't their most complete and their best version of themselves back when they met earlier in the season. I have a feeling that this game is going to come down to the fourth quarter. And I think that Justin Herbert is going to have an opportunity to win this game. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to take the home team in this one. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this game. I think that there's been a lot of noise about this defense, about this, about this group overall. Um, I think that you're going to see the Chargers come out and play a much better game. Um, I think you're going to see them really try to attack the Jaguars uh, because Tennessee couldn't do that, right? Uh, the Jets could do that in the last few weeks. I think this is a much more Chargers team that ha- is healthy. You got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams. They're going to be motivated. Herbert, I think, is going to be a challenge. So I think this game will come down to the fourth quarter. I think both teams play well, but I think that Herbert gets a chance to put this one away late, and I think the Chargers go ahead and get this victory. And Brandon Stanley, I think, finds a way uh, to have some, have some success against Trevor Lawrence in this contest, and I think the Chargers advance to the next round. So now that brings me to the AFC North playoff matchup, and that is between the Baltimore Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this game is really contingent on a couple of things. Lamar Jackson's status for this game is still uncertain. Uh, obviously, he has not played since week 13 or week 14, I think, something like that. Uh, if Lamar Jackson plays some, some way, somehow, how effective will he be? No one really knows. Tyler Hundley is dealing with an injury himself. So the Ravens' quarterback situation is kind of uncertain. Um, but their defense, obviously, is, is going to be up for the challenge. And look at the Ravens and Bengals matchup. Both teams have obviously, you know, had their battles this season. And obviously, in years past. Um, and the Bengals, obviously, are the you know reigning AFC champions and... You know, they obviously got that home playoff game that they wanted, you know, avoiding that scenario with the coin flip. So this is a game in which um, it's really going to come down to, you know, how well can both teams execute the key areas. I think, look at the Ravens. Their only shot of winning this game is with Lamar Jackson playing. Um, but even if he does not play, their only shot really comes down to running the football and playing good defense. That's what they're going to have to rely on against a Cincinnati Bengals team that, you know, offensively has, you know, played really, really well after struggling early on in the season. We've seen Joe Burrow, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins really have success. You know, Joe Mixon obviously has done some good things. The defense for the Bengals has come come up much better in the last few weeks. And so, when you look at the Ravens, John Harbaugh, and that experience, the defense, you know, they have a lot of pass rush. They have a lot of good corners. Um, Ravens are only going to be able to win this game if their defense um, is able to get after Joe Burrow and, and force a lot of mistakes from him. And that's really the key for the for the Ravens. they got to put their offense on a short field. Whether it be Jackson out there, Huntley out there, or any other quarterback, it's really going to come down to being able to have uh, a short field, being able to run the football. And uh, the Ravens have to keep this game within reach. That's the key for John Harbaugh and the Ravens. If they can keep this game within reach, run the football, um, and take advantage of the opportunities that they do get, they could make this game close and interesting. And, you know, it could come down to it being a one-possession game. 
Cincinnati Bengals, you look at their season and what it has been. They, they, they had a bit of adversity early on in the year. Uh, they obviously, you know, were part of that, you know, seeing that game with, you know, Monday football and Demar Hamlin. So, you know, you look at the Bengals, they've had a lot to do with as well as, as a team. Um, but the Bengals expected to be back in the spot. They've been talking like that um, for a while now. And so, uh, for the Bengals, this is another home playoff game, which they had also similarly uh, last year against the Las Vegas Raiders. And so, the key for the Bengals really is Joe Burrow coming out and doing his thing. You know, if, they, if the Bengals can do their thing, get off to a good start, finish their scoring drives, you know, if you know, the world could connect with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, you know, they can, you know, Similarly, try to attack the Ravens' defense and finish with points. You know, uh, they are in good position. I think another key for them is really their defense, just being able to stuff anything uh, that the Ravens try to do. And I think the main thing for the Bengals is just being able to stop the run. I don't really think the outside threats for the uh, for the Ravens will be able to do much in this game. They may have some success. You know, Isaiah likely might be a player that the Baltimore Ravens will use a lot. Uh, as well as, you know, if Watkins and uh, I don't know if Rashad Bateman is there or not. I don't, I don't believe so. So it just really comes down to the Bengals being able to kind of stuff any type of momentum um, that the Ravens may generate in this game. You know, I think field position might be, uh, you know, something to watch in this game. That could be a factor just in terms of you know, which team is able to get that, you know, field and rather than... This is a, a game that the Bengals should win. I think they're in a, in a better position to win this game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore kept it close because their defense has a lot of potential uh, on, on the front line. Um, and so it could be a game that the Bengals will have, will have to earn it most, you know. They, they'll have to really convert on third down, get finish in the end zone. Um, but the Ravens, really, their shot is only running the football, playing time, you know, kind of playing you know, clock management and, and doing that. And so, I mean, it's a game that the, clearly the Bengals have more offensive firepower. Uh, and if they put it all together early on, the Ravens may be, you know, may not have a chance. So I expect it to be close a little bit. It may be a little sloppy, probably, uh, you know, because division games likely do happen, like happen to be that way. Um, but I think the Bengals have a lot of firepower on offense that they should be able to, you know, find ways to put this one away um, with Joe Burrow uh, being being at his best self and the way he's been playing. I think you'll see them come out and really try to set the tone early on like they did in Week 18. And I think they will end up winning this game and advance to the next round of the AFC playoffs. So in this next segment, I want to preview the NFC playoff matchups that are taking place uh, this weekend, um, which features some really interesting ones um, just because of how things have kind of scoped out in terms of, you know, matchups that they are. Uh, It is going to be really interesting. So let's start with the first game that kicks off NFL Super Wild Card round. Um, this weekend, and that is the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, a good old division rivalry matchup. The Seahawks and 49ers have been part of several memorable games against one another throughout the years in the NFL. And notably the, you know, NFC Championship game that was held in Seattle. Uh, you know, years ago when Richard Sherman was a member of the Seattle Seahawks and you had, uh, you know, Crabtree and Harbaugh and all those things. And so, come a long way from that. Both teams are definitely going in interesting directions. For the Seattle Seahawks, I got to first say, I did not see this team at the beginning of the season make the playoffs. I didn't see it happening. Now, some way, somehow they got in because of the Packers losing at the end. Uh, but the Seattle Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson, their franchise quarterback, for a number of years. 
got a whole bunch of draft picks and a couple and players. And you know, Geno Smith was talked about all off season of being the quarterback and coming out and being the quarterback and being the starter. And Geno Smith had a really a solid year. Um, probably one of his best years of his career by far. You know, with obviously he was a high first round draft pick years ago and what he kind of fell into with Seattle back in Russell Wilson for a number of years learning his offense. Uh, Geno Smith's numbers this season are really tremendous. Um, and his play has definitely elevated the Seattle Seahawks. You know, obviously Metcalf being back was a huge part of that. Uh, Lockett and just overall, you just saw, you know, the you know the command over the offense and things like that. So Geno Smith's had an incredible season. Pete Carroll has done a good job as well of having his team believe in each other. The locker room, uh, the vibe has been much different um, since Russell Wilson has left Seattle. And so, you know, good signs for a Seattle Seahawks team that, you know, they had their moments where they looked really, really good. And then they obviously struggled for a good while before picking up some wins at the end against Team Under 500 or so. And so now Seattle comes into this matchup against the 49ers, looking to kind of, you know, get back on track. Um, in terms of, you know, the 49ers have, have had their way somewhat with Seattle, you know. Um, George Kittle has given Seattle's defense nothing. I think George Kittle gave Seattle's defense a lot of trouble. And so uh, Seahawks' hands are full in this matchup against the 49ers team that, you look at where their season kind of started, right, with Everyone thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get traded in the offseason to then Trey Lance, you know, having an injury. And then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down and you have Brock, you know, Brock Purdy in there. Um, so the Niners have had quite a bit of, at the, you know, of, you know, uncertainty of the quarterback position throughout the season. But Brock Purdy, the, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the in last year's draft or so, um, what he has provided, you know, in terms of just being able to, you know, be coached by Shannon Han and his system, and we've seen some really nice things from um, from Brock Purdy overall. You know, he's done enough to keep the Niners from w- in winning games. McCaffrey, obviously, they acquired, you know, via trade, which has been really great for their offense. You know, they're having, I think they're going to have Debo Samuel most likely back uh, for their playoff game. The And I think the Niners have won, you know, maybe seven, eight games in a row, something along those lines. So and the Niners are coming in hot as well, playing, if not, you know, the best football in the NFC. Um, their defense has been elite. You've seen some great things from their pass rush and Bosa. Um you know, the cornerbacks have been, you know, solid for the most part. Um, so this is a matchup that really is going to come down to just kind of, you know, get style of play. You know, you have the Seattle Seahawks who want to spread it out. And the Seattle Seahawks' best chance of winning this game is being able to spread out the 49ers and test their back end of, of their secondary. That is the option for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they had some success. Uh, in the regular season, but they have to do it now at a much higher uh, rate, you know, in terms of just the uh, just the way things have to kind of be done, um, you know. So, I mean, we saw, you know, a Seattle Seahawks team that, like I said, they played their best when they were able to get that play-action game going. They got their running game going alongside that. Kenneth Walker is someone who is going to be a matchup. So, uh, I think you look at this game and what it could come down to, it could be a close game just because, you know, Seattle obviously has more of game film now on Brock Purdy and this Niners offense. And maybe Seattle will adjust themselves to be able to kind of take away some things on their offense but do they have an answer constantly for Devo Samuel for George Kittle that's what it, what it, what it comes down to can the Seattle Seahawks defense 
against Brock Purdy, who's playing his first NFL playoff game, can they find a way to rattle him a little bit and get some get some early possessions that they can convert points into? I think if Seattle does that, they have a very good shot winning this game, pulling the, pulling the upset. Um, you know, if Geno Smith plays up to park as a play-action game going with Metcalf and Lockett, you know, that'll be one thing. But they can get their defense can get some things going as well uh, and giving them extra possessions. Seattle could very well steal this game from the 49ers. That's for the 49ers. I think you look at this game, the keys that they have to really rely on this game. Um, It first comes down to doing doing what they do best. The Niners have to play their style of football. They have to be able to push the ball um, you know, run the ball, run their scheme effectively. Obviously, George Kittle and Diego Samuel are going to be the two of the biggest targets that will see double coverage. So the key thing is for Brock Purdy to play as he's playing, get things out, well, you know, blow the hands quick, make the decisions, you know, let your playmakers do the damage for you if you're the 49ers, you know, and that that's going to be really, really important uh, in getting off to a good start. And then the second thing is that this defense for the 49ers, we've talked about their pass rush, their defense. Uh, this team feels like they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, they're not saying it, but they but they believe that. And every team probably has that belief. But for the 49ers, you know, you can look at Kyle Shanahan. They've always looked at their defense was, has always been solid for the most part. They played everybody pretty, well, pretty tough. So I think for the Niners, their defense, you want to see that front four get pressure uh, and make tight, you know, make it difficult on Geno Smith to, to to fling it. You know, they gotta limit those those passing attempts, those you know play action passes. If they do that, Niners take take that away. Uh, they have a really good shot of getting their pass rush home and really drastically affecting the game. So I look at this matchup as I'm saying before. It's a really interesting one. I don't think you can definitively say the Niners are going to win by a landslide. Uh, I think Seattle is going to play a really solid game. Uh, I think the Niners will also play a solid game. But I think when it comes to it, I think the 49ers are going to get the get the edge here. I think they're going to be able to have a chance to win it at the end. I think Seattle will grab a lead in this game. And I think the Niners will come back from behind, and I think they will win this game in the fourth quarter uh, in the final minutes of the, uh, of, the, of the football game. So now I want to transition to talking about um, the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Screwing off in Minnesota. Uh, as a Giants fan, I'm very happy and I've expressed that a few times during this season. Uh, they definitely have surpassed a lot of expectations. Uh, and for the first time in a long while, there's something to be excited about, uh, if you know, for the New York area in terms of like a team being able to be in the playoffs. Now, they're going against the Minnesota Vikings team that a lot of people have doubted, continue to doubt, can be a Super Bowl contender. And so this is a game in which, you know, it'll be the playoff debut, right, for, for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And I think almost all the players on this team, uh, on this current Giants team, I think a lot of them, this is their first opportunity playing a playoff game. You know, so that is going to be a big thing to watch for the Giants heading into this game is, you know, where is their, where is their confidence level? Uh, how do their players perform under the spotlight? Really is going to be very, very important in this one because... You know, lights are bigger. You're on the Minnesota Vikings team that has a lot of firepower on offense. So, you know, how do you deal with that if you're Brian Dable and, and Daniel Jones? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, you look at this team, uh, you know, they've been able to, you know, win games from coming from behind. Uh, they obviously had that big comeback against Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Kirk Cousins has done what you expected him to do, play well in the regular season, and you know, get some things going. But for the Minnesota Vikings, you, know, you look at their their situation. Obviously, Kevin McConnell in his first year 
has been able to come in and get this offense to play at a high level. Uh, the defense for the Minnesota Vikings has taken a step back. Uh, they're not as good as they once were on the defensive end. Um, but Kevin McConnell has this team believing. They're, they're one of those teams that has that type of talent that you think could possibly get over the hump. But we've seen it in the last few years or so. They've always come up a little bit short. You know, they did beat the Saints in, in a wild card game a few years ago. Um, you know, and they've had their they've had their moments where they've looked good as a team, but putting it all together is the key for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's what's so crazy about the NFL that you don't know what to expect from any team going into into a game. And the Minnesota Vikings are a team that you don't know if you're going to get a good Kirk Cousins or you're going to get a bad Kirk Cousins. And so that's the thing to watch out in this game is, you know, quarterback play, you know, which quarterback can make the least mistakes. I think that will be a defining point in in this matchup. Um, You know, I tend to believe that, you know, I think the Giants defense is in a much better position to get turnovers and take advantage. They're going to have some of their corners back and healthy for this one. So it, it will be interesting to watch how quarterback play determines this game. Um, but looking at the factors for both teams, what they have to do to win, I'm going to start with the Minnesota Vikings. They're at home. They got a home playoff game. They've been historically good at home uh, in terms of playoff games. The key for the Minnesota Vikings is really you want to come out and start fast. Um, you know, they, we've seen it all year long where when they get off to a good start, they play well, they are able to hold on and do, do the rest. So, we, we saw it obviously in the previous matchup, right? You know, um, the Minnesota Vikings had the lead. They had things going their way. Then Giant made a comeback and tied the game. And so for the Vikings, the real thing is, can you, you know, execute and start, get off to a fast start? You know, can you do all those things that you want to do as an offense, as a unit? Um, you know, can you convert and put the pressure on the Giants early on? You know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think the second thing, really, uh, this Vikings defense, right? There's been a lot said about the Minnesota Vikings defense, how they they haven't been good um, at times, you know, as a group this year. Um, that pass rush, right? They signed Zadarius Smith in the offseason, right, to be a huge addition to their defensive line. So, do the Vikings... Can they stop Saquon Barkley in the running game of the Giants? Can they stop Daniel Jones being able to pull it and run it? You know, how well can they end up doing those things to limit the Giants' offense? Because you look at the weapons the Giants have on offense on the outside, there's not a whole lot. But way the Giants have played and scheme things, how Brian Hibble has schemed things certain ways uh, during, during some of the winning games they've won, you know. Are you able to kind of stop that and make them have those long third down conversion plays? You know, can you get the Giants in third and long situations? And can you tackle well, you know, at the same time? As for the New York Giants and their keys to victory, um, look, it starts really with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. They both have to play extremely well, you know, Giving Saquon the ball is going to be key. The offensive line is going to have to play really, really well. Uh, if Saquon gets it going and Daniel Jones gets it going with the play action, with the you know with the quarterback design runs and, and, and you know you know play action, pull and play. I mean, the Giants have a good shot to really take advantage of a lot of things on that Minnesota Vikings defense. And they really want to make sure they keep the Minnesota Vikings from being on the field too long in terms of like. You know, the Giants are able to ball control a little bit, right? Run the football, you know, get the, get you know, kind of work the clock. You know, you want to keep this game within range if you're the Giants. And it starts with the running game. It starts with Daniel Jones, you know, being smart and not turning the ball over, you know, on the own side of the field. So just be smart if you're the Giants offense. Run the football. Do the things that you can to get your player, you know, get some there's an open space. And then if you do that, you should be able to have a better shot of being able to convert opportunities and settle for more points than you did previously in the last matchup. 
And I think the second key for the Giants really is their defense and their pass rush. Giants have tried to upgrade their pass rush over the years. You know, they have, you know, Kayvon now there. You have Leonard Williams, I believe. You have a few other players. This Giants defense that um, has been a huge reason for their winning at times this year. Can their defense make some plays uh, and really turn Kirk Cousins into a turnover machine? You know, you obviously want to take away Justin Jefferson. You don't want him to beat you in one-on-one coverage or in double coverage. Um, so you got to get turnovers. you got to force Kirk Cousins to be, um, you know, kind of problematic with, um, you know, you want to first force Kirk Cousins to be problematic uh, with the football, you know. Uh, if you can do that, if you can make Kirk Cousins, you know, double clutch and hold on to the football a little bit longer, you know, uh, it'll be great for the Giants in, in that respect to get, you know, get the pressure there, get some hits going. But they have to be able to limit Justin Jefferson, get some turnovers, and really make Kirk Cousins earn it a lot more uh, in terms of how this game may flow. You really want to see those things kind of, you know, work themselves out a little bit and, uh, you know, take care of that. So, when you look at this game, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. One that I really think that the Giants have a great shot of winning. Um, I'm going to go with the Giants. I've been waiting for a playoff game to kind of call for a while. Like, to root for Giants in the playoffs. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. <laughs> or, I don't know if that's the right word to use. But I'm going to be a little, a little bit biased here. I'm going to pick the Giants to win this game. I think that they are going to do some things much better than they did last time. Um, I think they'll keep it close. I think they'll have a chance to win it. And I hope they do win because that would be great to see them be another playoff game. Um, but I think if they can get this game to the fourth quarter, I think Daniel Jones's offense is good enough to get one final score to get them over the top. And I think, they, I think this time around, I think the Giants will have a chance to either, you know, tie the game or put the game away late or, you know, drive down the field and score a late one. And I think the Giants get it done this time uh, and they put the Minnesota Vikings in a tough spot. So I'm going to go with the G-Men to win this game and uh, let's see what happens because, you know, it's going to be a very fascinating game to watch in terms of, you know, style of play and, um, you know, which players really spotlight well. So, Give me the Giants, uh, hopefully in a close one uh, over the Minnesota Vikings. So the final playoff game, uh, the final NFC playoff matchup, is between the Dallas Cowboys um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa on Monday Night Football. Um, we have Tom Brady, Dak Prescott meeting once again. I believe the Buccaneers won on opening night. Um, you know, the Buccaneers won on opening night in Dallas, where their offense was really, uh, ha- you know, had a tough time for getting into the end zone. But they scored a, lot, a bunch of field goals, maybe one touchdown or so, and they won that game. And so both teams um, have, you know, a decent amount of firepower with the Cowboys, obviously, with Elliott. And you know Gallup and C.D. Lamb and you know, Dalton Schultz. I mean, you got a lot of promising talent. That the Cowboys have always had promising talent. They've accumulated that over the years. The problem with the Cowboys is that they always had something go wrong for them in the playoffs and their matchups every time. Uh, last year, obviously against the 49ers, they you know weren't able to get the clock, spike the ball late, and they didn't have a chance to you know get in the end zone. Against the, against the 49ers. And so Dallas is coming to this matchup, you know, not playing particularly well. Uh, they have been off a lot, I would say, just because of how they've been able to, you know, do some things here and there. Like the Cowboys have looked a little bit off. I mean, Dak Prescott has thrown uh, a bunch of interceptions and in almost, six, I think, five or six straight games. And so Dallas definitely coming into this game against Tampa Bay, uh, they're going to have to be a lot more smarter and better with the football. And, and that's the, 
things to watch out for. As for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, obviously Tom Brady had a lot going on. You know, he first retired, then unretired, came to this season. Uh, Bruce Arians moved to the front office, Todd Bowles in as, in as, as head coach, and the Buccaneers have had a trying season. You know, it has not been easy for the for the Buccaneers uh, to win games this year. You know, they've been able to pull some ones late. You know, they've had chances to pull some games late. Um, you know, that's about it. You know, they pull some late ones really well against, you know, some good teams. Um, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, obviously Chris Godwin coming back from injury. He's taking his time to get, you know, get back in the flow of things. Um, so there's that. The running game, obviously, with Leonard Fournette has been on and off at times this year. Uh, Tom Brady has, has had his struggles, his frustrations, um, but they have a home playoff game. You know, they have a home playoff game, and their defense uh, has gotten healthier, has gotten a lot better, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. So Buccaneers are in a pretty good spot if you look at it. Um, you know, the Buccaneers are in a pretty good spot because their defense being healthy up front, their back end looking a lot better. Um, so, uh, look at this game and what it may come, you know, what it may come down to. I think, based on their first matchup and how both teams have progressed, it's really going to come down to which offense can really gel at the right time in this game. You know, Tampa's had a tough time as I mentioned before, being able to win games. They haven't looked that great as a unit at times of being able to put together like scoring drives or, or touchdowns. They've had those, you know, one or two plays that they get in a game that they take advantage of and score. And that's what they're going to try to do in this matchup against Dallas, against a defense for Dallas that, you know, was dominant early on in the year, but has definitely taken a step back or so. And so there's going to be opportunities for the Buccaneers. And the key for them really is for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, who has a perfect record against Dallas, just really being able uh, to, you know, hit their spots. You, you want to see, you know, Tampa come out. You know, I think they, Tampa should come out and try to be no huddle, uh, you know, try to quicken the pace. I think they need to really try to spread the Cowboys out, you know, take their matchup. I think Tom Brady... Uh, has his, you know, he's going to have opportunities to really take and choose some matchups that he wants to take advantage of. And if they get off to a fast start and they put together some drives early on, it could really bode well for, for their confidence and their overall team as a unit uh, if they're able to do that right from the get-go. Then the second key is this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense um, was elite, uh, you know, obviously during the time of the Super Bowl, you know, a few years ago. They've been, you know, middle of the pack, just as good. Uh, but you, now you want to see if they can be even more better. Can they look the way they looked a few years ago when they had those, you know, they had to generate turnovers and they were able to really get after it. Um, I think the Buccaneers defense has to find ways to make Dak Prescott uncomfortable. They have to be able to get to him in the pocket, but in, 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 especially in the back end. You really want to take away their play-action game. You really want to make them sell for short, underneath throws. Don't give a, give up a big play if you're Tampa Bay. As for Dallas and their keys, uh, I think it comes down to Dak Prescott. He's got to redeem himself. You know, didn't have the best of postseason games last year. Uh, he needs to come out and be elite and show, you know, what he can do. Uh, you want to see their playmakers really take advantage of opportunities. They have to really push the Buccaneers and challenge the Buccaneers defense as much as they can and get off to a hot start, get off to a good start. You know, because what, what doomed them last year was getting off to a slow start against the 49ers. They have to avoid that if they have any shot of pulling this upset off. I think second key really is their defense and, you know, especially their secondary, you know, you're going to have a, you know, a rejuvenated Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, among a few other players. I mean, how well can Dallas' defense, you know, play? Can they get pressure on Tom Brady? Can they, you know, limit those big plays? Can they avoid being called for penalties on defense? 
Mike McCarthy's had a big problem with that, obviously, over his time in Dallas so far. With the penalties, you know, the penalties have been tough, right? The penalties have been tough for Dallas. So, can they be disciplined on defense, right? Can can Dallas be disciplined up on defense to not make the silly mistakes? Uh, you know, can they, you know, not, you know, fall for those, you know, you know, false starts and offside and things like that. I think if they can do that, you know, if Dallas can get their defense playing at a high level, if they can, you know, force a bunch of three and outs, give the ball back to their offense a lot more, I think they have a shot to, to do this. And so, you know, it's Tom Brady against, you know, this could be potentially Tom Brady's final game, maybe. And we've said that before, uh, but who knows? So potentially this could be Tom Brady's final game as a buck. Maybe not, maybe so. Um, look at Dak Prescott and, you know, Mike McCarthy and, you know, Jerry Jones and that whole circus. I mean... There's a lot of line for both teams in this one, but the team that I believe needs to win more, if you ask me, and who I'm probably going to pick to win this game, I mean, I hope both these teams don't advance, but one team has to advance in this matchup. Um, I am going to go with Dallas. I'm going to go take the Cowboys. Um, look, Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer, great quarterback, no question, you know, the GOAT of all time. That's all being there, but you really, I, I think everyone has seen enough of Tom Brady being in the playoffs, being able to win championships. I mean, I don't want to see him go on, on another big run. You know, I, I, I don't want to see that. Um, so because of that, I'm picking Dallas, a team that I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Dallas because I think that they always find ways to lose as you know, the great Stephen A. Smith and, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp always says it sometimes as well. But, you know, other people have said it as well. I'm going to pick Dallas. I think that they they haven't played in a good football, um, you know, in a while. I think they're due for a performance that will be much better. And I think they will find a way on the Monday Night Football stage uh, to get it done this time. I think they'll get it done this time, you know, being better. Um, and I think that Dallas wins this game. I really think they'll win this game and advance and have a shot at, um, you know, playing for something more meaningful, <laughs> which they haven't been able to do in a while. So I'll pick Dallas to win it. I think it'll be a shootout, you know, maybe in the mid-20s. It could reach 30s possibly. Um, but I think I'll pick Dallas to to get it done. Uh, I think they're due for, uh, you know, a victory over Dallas, uh, over Tampa Bay at some point. If it, it's got to happen once, and I think Dallas will get it done this time around, and they will advance, I believe, to the next round. <laughs>